Hello and welcome back to Empowering People with Energy, our EPE podcast. We were so excited to launch it recently and we're back today to bring you a thought leader that will talk about important topics of energy that impact your life. Stay tuned. When we started our podcast, we promised to bring you thought leaders that had deep experience in energy. And today, I'm so excited to have with me one of my favorite people and people that I rely on for information about our industry, Jessica Christensen, our Senior Director of Innovation and Sustainability. Jessica, welcome to our podcast. Thanks. It's it's exciting to be here. This is this is something new for us at EPE. This is really great. We're Happy doing to be a part new of it. things all the time, yeah. Jessica. I know, I know. Speaking of new, you have a new title. Director, senior director of uh, sustainability and innovation or the other way around. Innovation and sustainability, <laughs> that's right. So tell me, what do you do day to day? What is that job all about? So, I, you know, I think I have one of the best jobs here at the electric company because it's different almost every day. I, I have the great fortune of working with our teams who oversee a lot of our, how we're going to implement new technologies, new solutions for our customers here at UPE. And that includes our renewable development team. So that's the team that identifies new renewable projects and figures out how to get them from idea to in the ground. Also mm -hmm. our teams that oversee transportation electrification, which I think is really um, going to expand hugely here in El Paso and we're really excited about that. Um, also the teams that oversee uh, advanced metering or smart metering, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about mm -hmm. that today. And then our environmental and sustainability teams, which um, you know keep track of all our environmental performance data and identify opportunities for us to improve uh, operationally as far as our environmental performance goes. So it's a it's a lot of a lot of different things and, and it's always changing and always evolving. So I'm and why I'm excited to have you, it really involves some of our key priorities. Renewable development, transportation, electrification, clean energy, technology, and you mentioned smart metering. But before we go there, we are so excited, I know, to get you in the first place. You've been now with us eight years. Tell us what led you to El Paso, what drew you here, and how do we get to keep you? <laughs> well, I, you know, my journey to El Paso was sort of a long one, uh, but I spent most of my professional life doing um, either research or in the consulting space in the engineering and environmental fields. And I did that work all over the country, literally all four corners, from, from Pennsylvania to South Florida to the Pacific Northwest to Alaska, and then ultimately here in El Paso. And you know what? I landed here because I had fallen in love with this region. I had the opportunity to do some research that was based out of New Mexico State University in, in Las Cruces. And um, when I left here, I knew, and I left here incidentally for Anchorage, Alaska. When I left, I knew I always wanted to come back just regionally. Um, it, it's just such a special place to be. Mm -hmm. You said I've been here eight years. It's the longest I've been anywhere as, as an adult. Um, and, you know, I think it's largely just because there's so much happening here. Everything's always changing, but it's, it's just such a welcoming community. And, you know, also, I'll be really honest, I love the weather. So. <laughs> I found it the same. Uh, being from Chicago for the last three years, I love the weather. But you're right, I love the people and the welcoming nature, the culture of family. It's, yeah. it's really a special place place. Jessica, community involvement is key and core to EPE. 
And I have been on a number of different volunteer activities. I have to say, you are in every one of them. I, I don't think I would have come back so many times, except you made me feel guilty because you're always there. And I said, if she's always there, I have to be there, right? Uh, tell me some of the things you've been involved in and some of them that you found really rewarding. Well, I, I, I would venture to guess, Kelly, that you've been to more than I have. But, but I do, you know, I think the community engagement is a universal truth here in El Paso. And, and it's, it's, it resonates so strongly for all of us at EPE as employees. You know, recently we've, especially coming out of COVID, everybody was so excited to yeah. get out and be hands-on and be among our colleagues. And, you know, fortunately for me, my favorite volunteer activities certainly have to do with the environment and environmental cleanups and trail building and those sorts of things. So, you know, we did a, a, a series of events over Earth Day to go out and arrange tree planting in a bunch of different communities within our service territory. Um, got a lot of really positive response from all of our team members mm -hmm. here at EPE. Just so much fun and an early COVID re-entry to socialization yeah. because we could be outside and socially distanced. So that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we're always looking for places to go clean up. I think you and I strangely share this affinity for picking up <laughs> picking trash. Picking up trash. I don't know <laughs> if it meant we did a lot of community service no, in a previous I used to life. call me trash lady in other towns. I don't like trash. Yeah, yeah. so so that's a big one. Um, we've been doing, you know, we supported some some trail improvement efforts mm -hmm. at, at the dino tracks uh, near Mount Cristo Rey, which I'm yeah. really excited to, to get you out there and, yes. and some of our team members to see that. I think it's just an untapped resource here that a lot of El Pasoans aren't aware of. But, you know, I, I think the, the community engagement piece is really, um, it, it may be as, as selfish as it is selfless. Mm -hmm. It's been so rewarding. when the I tree first, planting. Yeah, the tree planting yeah. was so fun. But, you know, when I first came to El Paso, I, I was really encouraged by, by some of your predecessors at the electric company to get involved mm -hmm. and um, maybe was even voluntold when I first got here. <laughs> I love but, that line, voluntold. But, but, but really just was, was so welcomed by a lot of large organizations in the community. And it, it, it really caused me to get to know El Paso better. And I think the more you know El Paso, the more you love it. Right. And outside of EPE, though, I've seen you pop up in other volunteer activities. What else do you do besides your volunteer work with EPE? Yes, yeah, so so I sit on uh, I sit on a few local boards here. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really active in the YWCA. I'm also active in the Symphony Board. Um, been terming off maybe some other organizations. The Frontera Land Alliance is one of the ones that we do a lot of of consistent community outreach volunteer events with with the electric company, but. Um, you know, it can't all be work, right? We we have other passions, and and that's well, why. I mean, yeah. But I know I, I'm preaching to the choir here, but um, but the symphony, you know, the, right. I really believe that the arts are, are essential for El Paso, and mm -hmm. and certainly the YWCA touches a lot of a lot of mission-based things that are near and dear to my heart, and so it gives you just a little bit of a change of pace from from energy for a minute, all although right. it's all all. Connected. Of course, because we always say that we rise and fall together. And I think being involved in our community reminds us how special it is, but also gives us an opportunity to contribute in, in different ways. Uh, I know that even outside your volunteer work, that you've taken great advantage of our region. And I've found that some of us, you know, plants, 
we're such marketers from El Paso, right? People are like, after like month three to me, did you go to Waco Takes? Yes. Did you go to La Mesquite? Yes. Did you go to Juarez? Yes. Did you go to Pink Store? Yes. They're like, so we, yeah. we get so hungry because there's so much to do and see. And I know that you're very active. Tell me some of your favorite places, hikes, whatever. What do you love about the region? So so I love this desert. I love the Chihuahua <laughs> Desert. You know, I, and I, I know you always like to tell me that I'm a little bit of a nerd with these <laughs> things. But, you know, the Chihuahua Desert is, it, it's just the most prolific desert. It's the largest North American desert. It's, it's, and I sort of like it because it's all consuming when you're out there. And I think it's just brilliant. I spend a lot of time locally up around Trans Mountain and, and hiking around there. But I will say uh, one of my regional favorites is, is Big Bend National Park. I haven't had the opportunity to get down there so much during COVID, but um, but I think there's just so many spectacular regional things here. I mean, you know, close seconds and third are, are certainly White Sands and Carlsbad mm -hmm. Cavern. You know, I'm a, a big fan of, of the national parks and, and we just have these really unique features here in our region. Well, I think your love for the land is what has drawn you to be the environmentalist you are. And I think it's odd when people say within our EPE, we, we have a deep care and concern for the environment. And it, it kind of got buried a little bit, but you're in charge of our environmental compliance here, here at EPE, along with a lot of other things. But uh, tell me, how do you approach that piece of your job? And then we'll get to smart meters. But how do you approach that? And what draws you to be an energy company in charge of environmental compliance? Right. Well, you know, environmental compliance is... is um it's the baseline standard for us, right? I mean, as a regulated utility, we have a lot of obligations for, for our environmental commitments that we need to make. But, you know, one of the reasons why I really like that job and, and it was really my entry point into EPE is because if we're committed, and we are, we have the opportunity to do things far beyond environmental mm -hmm. compliance. And, you know, yeah, there's a baseline, there's reports we have to submit, there's there's thresholds we have to meet, but we have taken it as a personal responsibility, the environmental team specifically, but also all our employees, mm -hmm. because we don't execute that work without the, the help of our entire workforce to really do things even better than we have to. I mean, mm -hmm. beyond compliance is really our talking point from an environmental perspective. I agree with you. And I started by saying that we really believe EPE in many ways stands for energy, people, and the environment. So I think that rings true when I hear you talk and I thank you for sharing it. Uh, there's so many topics I'd like to pursue with you, but we have limited time. And I know that the meat of it is gonna be on smart meters, but really smart meters have a context. And something you're in charge of is ESG. And those are letters we're hearing all over the world right now from all corporations. They're focused on ESG. Uh, let our listeners understand what those letters stand for and what do they stand for for us, in particular at EPE. Sure, sure. Well, I think we often talk about this. The other buzzword is sustainability. And ESG is really the articulation of sustainability. And it stands for environment, social and governance. And it's really how we conduct our operations with those three uh, under those three umbrellas. And to break it down a little bit, I think the environment, the environmental piece is, is often mm -hmm. the most intuitive to most people. It's how do we conduct our operations, keeping in, keeping in mind the environmental impacts throughout, from supply chain to execution, life cycle analysis, you know, how we, how we ultimately dispose of things and minimizing our environmental footprint in everything that we do. The social piece is really the 
people piece. Mm -hmm. And that has to do with our own people, our own employees, our customers, our communities, how we always keep in mind and do the best for the people that our organization touches, mm -hmm. again, as we conduct our entire set of operations. And then the G, the governance piece, is really how are we accountable to ourselves and our stakeholders and how we execute. It's our policies, our procedures. Do we have commitment to all these, all these forward-looking objectives from throughout our organization, from our board of directors to our frontline employees? Is everybody engaged and is everybody on board and doing things consistently? And again, the accountability piece. Right, and we will be digging into those topics on other podcasts, but today we really want to hone in on this term called smart energy, smart infrastructure. Uh, we've been hearing that maybe more than a decade, but I still think it's a little unclear. When we say smart meter, smart infrastructure, what does that really mean and what do our listeners need to know about that? Sure. So I, I think this smart is the other new buzzword today, right? And I mean, we have everything from smart toasters to smartphones to, and the next thing we're going to have here in El Paso is smart meters. And what it really means is, is there's automation involved. There's mm -hmm. two-way communication. And the smart metering is really the technology that's a stepping stone to engage all these other smart surfaces, smart, smart applications. And so for us, what, what the first step in that, you know, smart meters are what are going to allow us to walk before we run and sprint and just take off with all these new applications. But what it really means for us is smart meters are going to have two-way communication. They're going to allow us and our customers to have better visibility into their data, how they use their energy. Mm -hmm. It's going to allow us at El Paso Electric to, to really cater solutions for our customers. And it's going to give our customers more control, more visibility into their own energy use. You know, right now our customers have one data point about their energy and it comes once a month. Um, sometimes in an envelope they aren't always that excited to see. Usually not. Right. And now we're with this with this technology, it's going to give customers more visibility. So that thing that they get at the end of the month, which is unfortunately a bill, they're going to they're going to know what's going to be in there. They're going to have better control over their energy use because they're going to be able to see how they're using energy. Right. And so it's really but again, it's just a stepping stone. You know, it, it's going to it's going to allow us to do things called smart communities, mm -hmm. which will have broader applications. But this is really just a first instrumental step in getting us off the ground. Yeah, and you and I have talked about it because I moved here from Chicago area, which did have smart metering systems, and I knew every day what I was using. I had electric car, so I could charge at night when the price could be very, very cheap. Sure. So there's a lot of opportunity. But how does all of this support our goal around a cleaner, more sustainable world. How does that help? How does smart energy, smart infrastructure, and having this knowledge help us do that? Sure. Well, I think I think it's fairly intuitive that that most of us understand that that we generate power in all sorts of different ways. And some mm -hmm. and right now we're trying to we're trying to trans, transition our our generation portfolio to clean energy solutions. But at this point, those clean energy solutions are only online certain times a day. The sun's not out at night. We aren't providing solar energy. So the the visibility into the data will allow people to better align their energy use for when we're when we're generating power in a way that's cleanest for them in a way that's that, that's most accessible 
Um, it also will promote energy efficiency. You know, mm -hmm. we, we always talk about how we generate energy, but we also want to talk about how we use energy. That's the other side of the same coin. And unless we can have that visibility into our own energy consumption, as you said, really being purposeful about when you're charging your EVs, you know, it's, it's using energy efficiently. And these meters are going to help give our customers the tools to make those energy efficient decisions for themselves. And I think we've talked about this before in different forums, but our customers have paid for almost $5 billion of assets over the years. Sure. And we want to make sure that they're using them appropriately, meaning that we're not building infrastructure that's only used a couple hours a year or a couple of hours a month. We want to build infrastructure that is used a lot. And we know that giving people information will make them partners or help them partner with us to make sure that happens. But you and I have discussed this a lot. Meters are only one part of a smart infrastructure. It's an important part, but it's the part that gets a lot of press. But there's a lot going on in smart infrastructure today. So what are some of those things that you're excited about that are helping us use the grid more wisely, make energy more affordable, and give people uh, better reliability? Well, I, you know, I think that that's the huge question, right? <laughs> yes. And there's so many applications for this, but, but I think again, the, the first step of that is allowing people to understand how they're using their energy so mm -hmm. that we're not all using our energy at 4.30 in the afternoon on uh, August Saturday when, when everybody's using energy. And absolutely, we need to use the energy we need during those hours. We need to, to do the air conditioning. We need those types of things. But do we at those hours need to be doing maybe what are considered some of our discretionary mm -hmm. forms of energy use, charging our EVs if we have those, um, you know, doing our laundry, running our dryers, you know, there's timing to all of that that can become much more efficient for the mm -hmm. grid, which then allows El Paso Electric to use the resources that we already have online right. more effectively. So we don't have to continue to add resources. And so we really need our customers to be partners in that solution. Right. And what's going on in the background that we're not seeing is what we're calling self-healing grid. While we're given a smart meter, we also are making our substation smarter. I was at a, a um, show yesterday, I guess it's on a show, a demonstration, where we showed by automating our substation, we don't have to send a physical person out on that transmission line to determine where the fault is, and it takes the outage from two hours to one minute. Right, <laughs> right. And I think that's so exciting, you know, yes. and I think that's, you know, that's a grid solution for us that, that right. we will certainly recognize. But another benefit from that, that that customers might might recognize even more so is when customers need, when customers move and need to reconnect their service right. or when they have a localized outage. Today, you know, unfortunately, we may not be aware of those outages until our customer calls us, depending where the customers are located. <laughs> and nobody can believe that. They yeah. say, in the year 2021, yeah. I have to call you and tell you I'm out of power? Yeah. Nobody believes yeah. that. Yeah. We yeah. have to and, do that. And right. so this is a solution right. to that. This is a solution to customers need service turned on. You know, we don't actually have to go there. Not that we don't want to go there. We love our customers, but you know what? our customers would rather have their energy on really quickly than they would to wait right. for a visit from us. And so I think there's some real tangible day-to-day -day solutions that um, 
because it's not an application that we've had here in El Paso, maybe we don't realize we don't have it, but certainly people like you, Kelly, who have lived a lot of other places recently have, have enjoyed right. those benefits in your utility service for a long time. What I, I love about it too is one of the things that we value so dearly here at EP is our employees. And we laugh that EP really stands for environment, people, and energy, but our employees, and especially our linemen, we want to use them in the best way. I'd rather have them out there building infrastructure, improving reliability, than dealing with an outage when there's technologies that can help self-heal that grid and it's used all over the world and we think we deserve it here, which you know brings me to another question. This has been implemented since about 2008 in Texas and earlier some other places. How are we going to learn or what can we learn from the implementations of other utilities and how can we make ours better than theirs? Yeah, well, one of the one of the most important pieces of feedback that we have gotten consistently from other utilities, particularly at the jumping off point with with smart metering is make sure you tell your customers, make sure you communicate with your customers, help your customers understand because if we don't right if we don't properly communicate with our customers and recognize that we need their help in this, that this is enabling them to mm -hmm. be a partner for the utility and enabling their energy use, then we're getting off on the wrong foot entirely. Mm -hmm. And so I think today's conversation is just a very first step in that. You know, these utilities have, have given us a lot of heads up about how to have focus groups, how to have town halls, how to go out and communicate with customers across the spectrum. Some of our customers have a high degree of technical sophistication and some maybe less so, mm -hmm. but there's, there's a solution in smart metering, there's a benefit in smart metering for for our for the entirety of our customer base but there's also a difference in how we have to communicate those benefits to our different customers so that's one of the first things uh, the other lesson that a lot of utilities have told us is be prepared for what you're signing up for here <laughs> you know as I said normal meters get yeah. us one data point now we're gonna have you know thousands of data points for every meter and make sure we have a plan for what mm -hmm. we're gonna do with that data and use that data because Data is just data until you do something with it and turn it into information, right? right? And so come up with your information systems. Identify some potential use cases that you want to try to use that data for. So, for example, that would be being prepared to synthesize the data we receive from these meters to identify potentially new rate structures. Mm -hmm. Right now we talk about time of use rates, but rate structures. And find a way to communicate those rate structures mm -hmm. based on customer usage so that we can give our customers the benefit of this. We can show them the benefit, show them how we've taken this additional data that this meter has provided us and developed a solution that right. would be advantageous for them. Well, that sounds very technical, and even <laughs> for a senior director of innovation, we know that the technology isn't everything. We have spent so much time during the past year I've been here talking about our deeper purpose and why we're doing this. Why are we focusing on technology? And what is our real mission and vision? And it, I know you and I have had so many discussions about that deeper meaning that we want to bring forward in our day-to-day day -day work. I, I really think that technology propels that forward, that deeper mission, that vision of what we want to be and how we want to contribute to our communities. How does this plan to improve our technology to sometimes catch us up uh, how does that support what we know to be our deeper vision and mission for our company, our customers, and this region? Well, you know, I think our 
our purpose at a, as a company is to support our region, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we recognize all the great things that are happening in El Paso, and we recognize that all of those are dependent on energy. And we, as the electric company, have the honor and privilege of being the people that provide that energy. And we need to provide it as reliably as we can, as affordably as we can, and also as clean as we can. Mm-hmm. And the, and you're exactly right. The technology is a tool. The technology is not the, is not the be-all, end-all. We're not trying to just implement mm-hmm. technology for the fun of it. But we want to make sure that, you know, we already have the best reliability in Texas, but we want to make sure that we maintain that, that as you said, we can provide a a, a really specific solution for all of our customers. Uh, across the across the financial spectrum, across the technology spectrum, mm-hmm. across the youth spectrum. You know, it, economic development is huge for us here in El Paso. Mm-hmm. We're always trying to look for new businesses to come to town. Mm-hmm. They're not going to come to town if we don't have a point solution for them. That you know, they can't call us today and say, "Hey, we'd like to come to town, and and we would like a clean energy solution available for us." And we can't we can't take mm-hmm. two years to give them that answer and the same is true for for even our smaller customers our existing customers and so the technology is going to help us develop oh, those solutions that will both foster that economic development but also continue to provide safe and reliable service for the customers we have today well i, I want that point to be noted because i have been in many conversations with people trying to determine where is the best place to site their business and what they look for is reliable, affordable, cleaner energy. And to the extent that we can show them our reliability, number one in Texas, that we're half the carbon footprint of other Texas utilities and less than that for other New Mexico utilities, and that we can show them we have a path to improve our technology innovation that really draws them to the region. And I gotta say, I am so impressed, and I know you are, with the vision we have for this region in every sector in the medical sector, uh, you go and look at what's happening uh, in our educational sector, in our infrastructure, roads and so forth, our schools, we're, we're committed to a first-in-class vision and we, I think, are getting more and more committed to making the whole region a place to live, work, raise a family, do business, and a place where we're proud to call home. Uh, how does all of what we're doing propel that forward? How do we fit into it? How do we talk about it? And how do we uh, have a common understanding about our role in that bigger vision? Yeah, well, well, again, I mean, you know, you talked about the universities. We talk about all the economic development that we're trying to attract here, that we're bringing here. And what do all those things need? They need reliable power. So it's our job to support them. It's, it's our core function to support them, but it's also our core function to do that, to provide those energy resources in a way that is innovative, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the technology itself isn't innovative, but the creative solutions, I mean, meters aren't the innovative piece, but it's the solutions that they enable and to come up with those creative solutions to attract continued first-in-class first, class, first in class vision visionaries to our region to, right. to propel that economic development. Because again, you know, at El Paso Electric, yes, we're, we're, the, we're the electric company in town, but, but it's our honor and it's our privilege and it's our responsibility to make that power available. And, and you know, 
it, we don't we don't really want to be boastful about it but without it none of these other things happen and and I don't think we say that to take credit for it but mm -hmm. we say that to recognize our responsibility and we've got to continue to do that in newer and cleaner and and more reliable ways because you know everybody else is doing it and if we Absolutely. don't keep up we're going to be playing more and more catch up and and if we're playing catch up then that's going to make other regions more attractive than we are so, so that's why we need to yes. get in front of this curve <laughs> yes we don't want any region to be more attractive than we are so jessica christensen thank you so much for being here uh i'll take away a couple of things from what you said and it's an honor and a privilege to serve this region we have a, a big vision that is shared i think among the region and every sector we know that we can provide clean energy and we know we can do it in a smarter with a smarter infrastructure that uses our resources wisely both our human resources and our infrastructure resources and i know you're excited about the future thank you again for joining us on our podcast empowering people with energy if you liked it give us a thumbs up subscribe or leave a comment below we look forward to seeing you again soon